All right, welcome back, Internet, to Can't Hurt Your Own Risk, Episode 39, Part D of our 2022 Christmas special, where we talk about our favorite animated movies. We're now going into Kent's top five of traditional animation, starting with Kent's number five. What do you got, Kent? Uh, all right, so I'm not cheating, but I do want to discuss two movies simultaneously, only because there's a lot between the two. My number five is going to be G.I. Joe the movie, but I didn't realize just how much in relation it had to Transformers the movie. Um, and technically, G.I. Joe was actually supposed to come out before Transformers, but there was some, you know, slowdown and whatnot. And um, I hope I'm not getting into spoiler territory here, but in Transformers the movie, Optimus Prime dies. Originally, Duke was supposed to die in G.I. Joe movie, apparently. Um, but then once Transformers came out, they had to switch everything up. Um, realistically, G.I. Joe the movie's fantastic because... It 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 did enough for its marketing purposes to give new toys, um, but it gave us a good representation of, of most of the old characters, with with a few exceptions. Like wetsuit didn't even have a single line, I don't think, which was weird. Um, but like the opening, even if you've never seen GI Joe, the opening theme song and video with it tells you everything you, you need to know. Just a bunch of people that are clearly bad at shooting weapons because nobody ever dies in a single episode of G.I. Joe, but they're the best in the world at what they do, but nobody ever dies. It's a very weird concept. Um, I like the fact that at the, this point in time when this came out, this was a direct-to-video, and then obviously they started showing it, like broke up into like four pieces for the TV series. Um, at the time, I had no idea that Sergeant Slaughter was a pro wrestler, which, I mean, as you guys know, that I'm a huge wrestling guy, but at the time, I, I think the only wrestlers I had ever heard of was, like, Macho, not even Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, and, like, Jake the Snake Roberts, probably. No idea Sergeant Slaughter was a wrestler. Um, but he had a pretty big role in this, uh, film. And I would say it, it's fascinating to see uh, see here Burgess Meredith as the bad guy because I don't know I'm so used to hit him being like in Twilight Zone as like the innocent meekish type guy or like in Grumpy Old Men as the old pervert uh, but there's like this whole time like you know in Rocky for example or in Magic or I, I don't know Burgess Meredith's been just a ton of stuff it's just weird for him to be the villain and he's awesome at it. He's very awesome at it. Uh, so they probably introduced, I don't know, we'll say about 12 new characters just for the toys. It worked because I probably got eight or nine of those action figures. And uh, I, I would say the biggest weakness to this was you you have like all these established bad guys and good guys. Uh, your Duke, your Flint and Captain Hawk or Colonel Hawk, whatever, General Hawk. And like, they don't play a huge role in the finale. And like Cobra Commander, he gets turned into a giant ass snake. So he doesn't really play a role. You have, it's like the three new bad guys versus the three newish good guys kind of in the finale. And I think that's probably the weakest aspect because 
don't know. When you think in GI Joe, you want you want like gung ho in there. You want Duke. You you know you want the people that that are established. Like at least one of the established veterans should have been part of the big grand finale fight, and it was just weird. Um, it's too much money getting Don Johnson and Sergeant Slaughter to be two of the main characters. It's so weird that Don Johnson was in it. It really is, but it's great too. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I just watched this t- two fr- Friday night. I watched it, and it was a treat. It's available on YouTube, like in 4K. They say, and it looked really nice. But I also saw it was on Voodoo. For I don't know, it was on sale for seven bucks. I'm like, this is my treat to myself this month, and I purchased it. So uh, I have no regrets. And uh, I I know a lot of people think well, a lot of people prefer Transformers the movie, but Transformers the movie, it, like if I wanted to compare it to something, it's kind of like freaking like Phantasm to me. It's like a big freaking fever dream because I never watched Transformers, so all these things are like. I don't know, fucking weird and new to me. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. So G.I. Joe was more relatable. Um, I do have one question, though, in regards to Transformers before we talk anything about G.I. Joe. Uh, have either of you seen the Transformers movie, first and foremost? Dude, dude, that movie ruined my childhood. Okay. Here's my weird question. Grimlock, he's like the... I don't know, he's one of the Dinobots. <laughs> I liked him, and then I was like, wait, was he Jar Jar Binks before Jar Jar Binks? No. No. He no. was cool at the time. Yeah. Okay. Then I don't feel so... I, either way, I wasn't going to feel bad about liking him, but I was like, I don't know. I can see some parallels to Jar Jar Binks, and I wasn't really sure. But, okay. I mean, Transformers had a better soundtrack. Bar none. But G.I. Joe was a better... G.I. Joe was a better entry point. If you've never seen either franchises, I would say G.I. Joe was a better, easier to get yourself into. So with that being said, have either of you seen this movie, or do you remember if you did see it? I think it's funny in that it's like the actual second G.I. Joe movie, but it's the only one called G.I. Joe the movie. Yeah, because the first one was about Serpentor, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they, they threw four half-hour episodes of the show together, you know, edited up to remove, like, the credits and everything, and I don't... I think they just released it on VHS initially, but it was like, oh, the G.I. Joe movie. And then after, obviously, Transformers came out, they're like, oh, no, now now this is the G.I. Joe movie. And, yeah, like you said, it was weird because, you know, you had all these existing characters, and here the movie is like, brand new characters like fucking every they're all the main dudes and i wanted to laugh too because you know when you're like yeah it's like transformer like literally the scene where optimus prime dies and the scene where duke goes into the coma are exactly the same and you have a brand new character being voiced by like one of the most famous actors in the project you know and gi joe it's don johnson in um transformers it's judd nelson you know getting the existing pre-existing leader of the good guys you know killed or incapacitated for like the entire movie but the the situation you know literally how they're held the framing shots exactly the fucking same except you know one's a dude and one's a transformer 
Not only that, I was my mind was blown when I'm hearing. I think it was Starscream talking. Like, wait, when did Cobra Commander? I, I didn't know that it was the same. Ex, like, not only was it the same voice actor, it was like the same voice used for Cobra Commander. Oh yeah, for he, sure. I mean, and then I was like, and then you're looking like Optimus Prime did um, Zartan, you know, in GI Joe. So I mean, right. It, it, it's it's just such a weird experience. I'm glad I did them both in the same night. Um, if anybody's listening to this and watch watches G.I. Joe the movie, get yourself a, a nice bottle of liquor, get yourself a shot glass, and take a shot every time that Sir Pentor says, this I command. You won't get tanked. You'll just feel good at the end. I was actually looking this up the other day, bef- you know, completely separate from this, because I was trying to explain to somebody who was in the, the pack of characters that came with Galobdulus, Nemesis Enforcer, and I forgot what the third dude's name was. But I, uh, I got them for, for Christmas home. that year that they came out. Oh, the red guy, which you know, they he didn't looked, really. He looked like an ant. They were like the generic. Yeah. But they had like but, that sword. Yeah. But Pythona didn't get a character, as far as I remember, which I thought was weird. And I had to look up Big Lob, the basketball player. I was like, why don't I remember having this? I never had that action figure. And then I looked up. It was like 120 bucks. I was like. And I'm not going to have it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, it was expensive in the first place because, you know, the normal G.I. Joe's were, I think, like five ninety nine, six ninety nine around the time, and that was like almost 20. But you got three yeah. characters. So, I mean. Galobulus was a big have, character, too. Did they have Sergeant Slaughter, too, with, with the, the three new guys? Um, They might have had him with the Renegades, and then they had all the yeah. recruits like Jinx, which. By the way, funny thing, at the end, they're like, how do we get Falcon over this wide gap? Sergeant Slaughter, like, takes off his belt, has Jinx, this female ninja girl, grab a hold of it. He starts swinging her and then tells Falcon to jump and grab her by the ankles and just time it just right. That was their solution. Fantastic. You know it. (laughs) Like, just great. So that was my number five. Uh, do you have any, any thoughts, Kevin? I know you didn't really get too much in. I don't know. Uh, I always thought it was weird that Roadblock was the main guy. That like it kind of went off with like Roadblock and Cobra Commander. This is the same movie, right? Uh, Where he tur- Roadblock has oh, Cobra Commander, and then he turns into a snake. I see the yeah, picture yeah. on here. It's such a weird thing, right? <laughs> They'll like go down like I don't know. It felt like a sewer. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but like, yeah, that was. That was actually, I thought that was pretty cool. And there's the, the twins, the the bad guys in this, the the twin guys that like yeah, do all the acrobats, Z- Matox and Zaytom or something like that. They're in it. Uh, and um, Tomax and, and, Car- and, and the uh, and people actually die in the movie, not in the cartoon TV show. But don't the two twins die? Not to give spoilers, but to a cartoon movie of 1987. I don't think they died. I think, I think they kind of got away. But now I'm not sure. I and I just I, watched it. I, I remember I, it was like, I, like it kind of like seemed that they like the people like actually died in that. Because like I don't know. I just remember them like jumping around and it was like in some building, and then it kind right. of ex- there's an explosion. But yeah, I, and I don't know if they made any more episodes after this. I don't think they did. So they could have killed them off without. 
I, I don't know. I don't think there was any repercussions to anything that they did. They were just like, we need more toys to get moved, and probably sales were declining at that point, I'm guessing. Yeah, it makes uh-huh. sense. But good on Hasbro. I mean, they so. yeah, it looks like they didn't. Like, 1985 and 1986 are all that's listed for the show. And I know I've mentioned it before, but YouTube has a 24-7 G.I. Joe channel, and sometimes I put it on. It's a good time. Um, all right. With that being said, I'll move on to my number four. And I, I guess it wouldn't be a list without having a sad movie. Uh, and for me, a movie that almost always somehow generates a, a tear from me, oddly enough, is Charlotte's Web. Um, I feel like this is one of those movies that everybody like in our our age probably saw, right? Like both you guys have seen this, right? Yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself that I forgot about it, but yeah, I mean at least Kevin, you've seen it. Oh yeah, and I didn't I didn't forget about it, but it was another one that I was like, someone's gonna have Charlotte's Web like on there. Uh, my nephew actually, he's eight. He's that's like his favorite movie right now is Charlotte's Web. I haven't watched the, you know, live action, whatever. I, I have no interest in it because to me, the animated one is, I don't want to say perfect, but it's damn near perfection. I, like, I can't imagine that they improved upon it in any way imaginable. So, I don't know. It's just a captivating little story. And, I mean, for me, it, it, I'm ter- terrified of spiders, but yet this is still arguably one one of the better stories out there about a spider saving a pig's life. Uh, pig was named what Wilbur, right? Yep, Wilbur. I think. Okay, and I don't know. It, I feel like this is one of those things I don't really want to say too much on because either you've seen it and you know all the plot details, and there's not a whole lot more to say, or you haven't seen it, and I think it's fair for all of us to just recommend that you go see it yeah Um, absolutely the animation it was in 1973 the animation looks like that of that era i would say right uh i don't know kind of reminds me a little bit of like some hanna-barbera type animation maybe yeah i would agree with that all of what you just said so um and was there was there songs in this there was, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember them a ton, but there were. And Danny Bonaducci. I did not know Danny Bonaducci was in it. Uh, also, Templeton the Rat was one of the one one of my favorite characters, and uh, he was voiced by Paul Lin- Lindy. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, there's really not too much for me to say. Do you guys want to add anything to it? No, I think you covered it pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a, a another classic, you know, from from our childhood, from well before our childhood. But yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. But yeah, I remember a lot of it. At least you know, like the big parts. That yeah, if you haven't seen it, yeah, go go watch it and enjoy it because it's like you're so far removed for it from it if you've seen it as many times as i don't know i imagine we all did as a kid and read the book too i remember reading the book yeah and they used to play this in school like once a year 
Yeah. 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 This is actually something I even read, and I did not read much, um, admittedly. So, yeah. All right. My number three is uh, from Disney. It's my Disney uh, one. It'll be Robin Hood. I was going to go Aladdin because it had more... I don't know, it was more modern, like, it was a thing that kind of stood out as, like, being the funniest thing, but as I get older, Disney's Robin Hood is actually really hilarious to me in, in so many ways, mainly with, uh, the fucking sheriff of whatever. Nottingham? Nottingham? Jeez, yes, thank you. I kept on saying Sherwood, and I'm like, I know that's not it. Yes, Sheriff Nottingham. Like, there's just a lot of unintentionally, I don't even know if it's unintentional, but there's a lot of comedy that, you know, as a kid, there's certain things I laughed at. Now as an adult, there's this whole other section of things that I find funny is all hell. And like the term old bushel birches, like that's a funny freaking thing to say, right? Uh, so that, you know, you got Roger Miller as the big rooster and Roger Miller I mean, so not everybody knows who Roger Miller is, especially nowadays, but, you know, he was a big-time singer back in, what, like the 60s, I'm guessing, 60s, 70s, someplace in that era. Um, he has a great voice. Uh, the song Whistle Stop, which is the, the whistling in the beginning, end up become the... Yeah, it became the damn hamster da- dance, and nobody, like, ever gave credit to it. I was like, wait... That's that's just fucking Robin Hood. You just sped it up and made it a little more peppy, but it's the same damn thing. Oh. But um I don't really know who else was I really am doing horrible on bringing things up on IMDb as I'm talking. But uh I don't know, was there any big names in it other than who I mentioned? I I'm guessing it's probably like maybe names that had I grew up then, like George Lindsay, he was he was Private Pile, right? I think. Uh, maybe or, or oh, Gomer yeah. Pile. I mean, yeah, no, yes, yeah, he, yes, he was. He, okay, yeah, Private Pile's a whole other. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think a lot of the people, especially the dudes, it looks like they were probably in like a lot of the westerns of yesteryear. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I, I think this is probably my favorite version of Robin Hood, as a matter of fact. I do like Prince of Thieves with, with Kevin Costner. But I think this is probably my favorite telling of, of the Robin Hood tale. Um do you guys ha- have uh, a favorite Robin Hood? Uh, mine might be Prince Prince of Thieves, just because I'm a huge Christian Slater fan, and and Alan Rickman rules. I I really liked yeah, I really liked Prince of Thieves. Um, for for realism, there was a show on HBO when I was growing up um, that they filmed in Britain uh, called Robin of Sherwood. And they, they did two versions because halfway through the, the main guy playing Robin uh, got hired to go be on a soap opera or something, you know, just where he was making more money. So they, they killed him off and they went from doing the Robin of Loxley to the where he was a poor 
you know, guy just from a village to doing a Robert of Huntington, who was the, the nobility version of Robin Hood. It was really good. Um, so that probably holds a lot of fondness in my heart. I went through and one of the early years when DVD was becoming popular, you know, I bought the whole thing for my mom for Christmas and uh, rewatched it with her and it still held up story-wise. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, this movie's great. I love it. You know, like I love, I love Sir Hiss. Did you, did you see, did you see, you know, uh, it's got a lot of humor. Uh, like you said, the, uh, the whole whistle song, even the other ones, you know, like, are, are catchy as hell, like Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest. Yeah, and even yeah. like the sad one, not nodding, and you know that one. Uh, the late Lady Cluck, she's also really hilarious. Yeah, yeah, she uh, is. In like a very male-dominated cartoon, she stands out really quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I just. This is really a side note, but there is. I, I wrote. I watched this movie long. I don't know, not a long time ago, but say like eight years ago. I think it was on Netflix. It's called Robin Hood, Ghosts of Sherwood, and it is a horror take on Robin Hood. And it does have Kane Hodder and Tom Savini. And I felt that if if not now, then when would I ever possibly bring that up on this podcast? So there you go. Nice, nice. Sounds Good interesting. <laughs> It's terrible. Don't, don't I'm, not, I'm not recommending it in any way, but the fact that I was like, oh, it's got Kane Hodder and Tom Savini. Yeah, I kind of have to watch it. No, no, you, you, I'm not recommending it. So, all right. My number two was, I don't know. I, I went back and forth on whether this is going to be my number one or not. But anyways, the Iron Giant is my number two. Uh. I don't know, like, who, what studio put it out. It wasn't, you know, it didn't get much marketing. Uh, the coolest thing that ever really happened with it was back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, Cartoon Network would play this 24 hours on Thanksgiving. Uh, and I would sit there and I'd watch it all day. I, I had no problem watching the same movie all day. Uh, I don't know. It, there's a lot of cool aspects to it, like, the Iron Giant wanting to be Superman. Um, another cool thing is that there is a character actually named Kent Mansley, uh, voiced by Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin, for those who may not know him by name. Um, there's also Vin Diesel, uh, and by far his greatest acting performance uh, as the voice of the Iron Giant, because uh, I just don't think Vin's that good of an actor. So this this was good for him. You had Cloris Leachman, John Mahoney, Harry Connick Jr., uh, Al, uh, Jennifer Aniston. So it, it wasn't a bad um, bad cast. M M Emmett Walsh is another one that I always like. Um, it, I don't know. There, there's like there. This has like some of the sa- sentimental sadness. You know, he's gonna go. I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, at the end, he does the the Iron Giant does the heroic thing uh, to save the planet, even though the military's just trying to destroy him. He still wants to be Superman. Um, he wants to, you know, save his buddy Hogarth, which I mean, that's another great name, Hogarth. 
So, I don't know. Everything, everything kind of resonates well to me. And there's comedy, there's drama. It, I, I think, you know, listening to everybody's list, like a lot of the best cartoons have like certain layers of all these things. It's not just a straight comedy, for example. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm kicking myself for completely forgetting about this. Like completely, not even on any of my my, <laughs> not even on any of the ones I was thinking about. You know, yeah. Good call. Oh, I totally thought about this one too. This came out ninety nine, so I saw this as like while I was working at the video store, and I wasn't really big into animation, but this one was was pretty great. Um, I have not seen it. In a while, but I, I just, when I saw it on one of the lists of like a more adult animated movies, I was like, someone's going to pick the Iron Giant, like out of the two of them, someone's got it. Cause it's, you know, it's like the handful of like movies that I could like pick from, but yeah, I don't know why it didn't set the world right. on fire. It's also directed by Brad Bird, who did. The Incredibles, and also yeah, Mission Impossible yeah, it, Ghost Protocol. It really had a lot going for it, but I just don't... I don't remember it getting marketed all that well. Do, do you guys remember it too well from a marketing perspective? I remember seeing trailers all over the place, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I didn't see it in a the theater or anything when it came out, so... Yeah, it was kind of like word of mouth, like and yeah, I just saw it on the on the shelf at the video store, and I was like, I don't know, this kind of looks like it's like a got like a Godzilla Ultraman yeah, kind of feel comparison. to it. Uh, you know, a little bit. I mean, yeah. I, I know, I I know for Chris, he's not getting this. Kevin, are you getting like a lot of snow where you are, or no? Uh, like yeah, it's coming down a lot of, a lot of really stuff. ridiculous at the um, moment. I just happened to look out the window in the midst of this, and yeah, getting getting a little not a blizzard, but quite a bit. Rub it in, rub it in, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was Friday, and then it got all wet, and then it was like super heavy, and um, uh, yeah, we just cleaned it all up yesterday, and it's starting to kind of melt today, yeah. but. Enjoy sweating your balls off yeah. there, Chris. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's starting yeah, to get chilly. It's getting down to like 60. Actually, it's, I think it's supposed to get dropped down into the 40s this week. So, uh, All right. <laughs> 40 is warm yeah, again exactly. where I'm at. Like, 40 is warm again yeah. already. All right. I'm going to get to my final movie, uh, my number one movie, and it's in my top three favorite movies of all time, and that's why I couldn't put Iron Giant ahead. Um, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut, is dated by South Park standards because it came out in 99, and well, I think South Park came out in maybe 97 or so. Yeah. So it was you know, very early on in the run, but my God, there's some of the jokes still hold up, like... Brick Shield saying I far, once fired on the set of Blue Lagoon and immediately gets slapped. 
it's still freaking hilarious how they played that out, even though, you know, like, the animation just, it's old South Park. It's not as clean as it is nowadays, of course. Um, but they combined, like, they really borrowed a lot from Les Mis, which I don't think many people actually even realize how much of it is a take on Les Mis. Um, even though there's a song called La Resistance. Uh, but, you know, you take, take that and then you have Kyle's mom fighting against Canada and you have just a bunch of crazy good songs. And I don't know, it just, it still makes me laugh. It surprisingly still makes me laugh, despite the datedness. Um, and South Park, they recently did like a 25th anniversary uh, concert, which is on Paramount Plus and YouTube. Highly recommend it because they do, I think, like four songs from the movie. Um, so it's a lot of fun if you're a South Park fan. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't really say anything that about it that, aside from like this animation style, looks. Like it does. Aside from that, I don't have anything bad I can say about it. It works for me on every level. Uh, for the, I'm guessing both of you've seen it. For the characters that they had introduced up to that point, they picked the right one. Like Satan and Saddam Hussein's conversations while they're in hell. You know, like, <laughs> Satan, your ass is big and red. Who am I going to pretend you are, Liza Minnelli? I mean, it's just, yeah, like you said, it still holds up. Yeah. And some of the jokes are like still. <laughs> like. God, God is the biggest bitch of them all. Where was God when my mother stuck a fire co-hanger into my head? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, well, Operation Get Behind the Darkies. I mean, that's horribly racist, but the way that they did it, and then, like, Chef, have you ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? And the general being like, I don't listen to hip-hop. <laughs> like, it's so... I don't know. That it's perfect South Park humor, I, I guess. Yeah, they're those guys are brilliant, and I mean the way, like the whole reason those guys have not gotten canceled is because they're like on this whole other level where it's not coming from a cruel place. A lot of their like offensive or shocking humor. I mean they're they're always pushing the boundaries, and I saw this in the theater, and it was like. You know, I don't know, like for, you know, a 30, like a 20, whatever, 24 minutes with commercials on like Comedy Central TV show to going to see it in the theater and like everyone I know going to see it in the theater, like in multiple times. And it's a musical and it's a good one. I feel like I might have seen this in the theater with you and Jay, Kevin. I don't remember. Yeah, that's very possible. Very possible. So June 30th, 1999. Yeah. And I remember going to see it with my dad also. So I think I saw it a couple of times in the theater because people, that's just what people were doing. They're like, what are we doing? We're going yeah, to I, th- go see I think I, I want to say for sure. I saw this with Eric and I don't remember if, I mean, I know I went with my brother too. I, I think I saw it a couple of times in the theater. Yeah. Did, did you guys see when Robin Williams performed uh blame Canada? At the Oscars, I think it was at the Oscars. I kind of remember it, but I like I don't have Sounds strong familiar. memory. Yeah, it, was it nominated 
for an yeah, Oscar it for was music? nominated. Yeah. Oh, for, so they would have definitely. They they probably did have them because they usually play the music at the Oscars. So that. Yeah, it's really like Robin Williams really was a a great choice for a host to have to do that particular song. You know what I mean? Like. It, it works on a lot of levels. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend looking that up on YouTube. So, with that, that that's my number one. And uh, that is on Paramount Plus. Iron Giants on Roku. Robin Hood's on Disney Plus. Charlotte's Web's on Paramount Plus, And G.I. Joe, the movie's on YouTube. Just to rehash where you can find all these things. It's it's kind of nice. Like I mean, even five years ago, we wouldn't have all these options to tell people where they could find, the, you know, the things that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean that's that's for sure. Um, who knows where we'll be though? I mean, I'm imagining with streaming services competing as much while they're you know struggling to retain their profitability that five years we might not have stuff like Tubi and Freebie and, and what have, you know, that are willing to just put whatever up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it keeps changing almost, you know, every year or two. The, yeah. It's really tough to predict what the hell's going to be, you know, in five years, of course. Um, so one of the questions that I had, um, I was just kind of curious because uh, I have a very small list of movies that really I wanted to talk about, but I couldn't, you know, they just weren't my top five. Was there any, you know, one or two movies uh, that just you wanted to talk about, but just didn't crack your top five for any of this? Um, okay. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. Okay. Yeah, I probably don't have a lot. Um, there, I really didn't get around to watching a lot of movies. Uh, there, I, I kind of went with like notable movies, and I kind of wanted to like experience the movies that I haven't seen before. Then, rather than watching like Who Framed Roger Rabbit for like you know another you know another time, which I, I do love that movie, and I don't own it for some reason. Um, but that was a movie I liked a lot as a kid. But I, you know, was like. Uh, you know, it is mostly, I guess, live action, but I don't know. But I loved that movie as a kid, and like, it was probably the first face melting scene I've ever seen. You know, and I, you you just don't appreciate seeing that stuff like in the theater, uh, and yeah, like killing cartoons and stuff. Like it was just a super whacked out Looney Tune cartoon, like and mixed with film noir uh that still holds up today so if i was doing like best ever i would probably put that on there um and yeah i don't know jessica rabbit <laughs> yeah of course but um yeah i just recently rewatched that well not too recently but when we got disney plus i was like you know what let me let me see if this holds up and i really have to applaud Bob Hoskins for that because, um, you know, he wasn't filming with a green screen for most of it. So like almost all of his performance is just having to pretend that he's interacting with something that isn't there. You know, they didn't have like a tennis ball or something to, you know, focus your eyes on to give him an idea for that kind of shit. So, 
you know, like that had to be one of the most difficult, you know, like CG kind of performances that somebody's ever filmed. Yeah, it just blew my mind. Definitely. Like, I mean, they did it before, I guess, a little bit in like Mary Poppins. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to do, yeah, that kind of stuff and like all the the tricks, the bar stools. I remember seeing like some like behind the scenes stuff where it's just Bob Hoskins and I think the Roger Rabbit, the guy who did the voice, was reading the lines to him though, like off camera. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't completely isolated, but still. I mean, you look at, like, what he gave compared to today where, you know, they can green screen everything and, you know, have the dude in the room with you and him not show up on the, um, you know, the final finished project product. Yeah, it was very impressive for its time. And still holds up. Chris, did you have anything... Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Like my, my, my top five Disney animated movies, and I don't know how they would have fit in with my traditional. But this, they would have rounded out like if it had been a ten, would have been Lion King. Again, I'm not a big super fan of the Lion King. You know, I don't hate it like you do, Kent. But I can acknowledge like at least the the music of nothing else is fucking awesome. Oh, Jeremy uh, Irons sure. is Scar, is. like, and then the yeah, movie I, Goldberg I like, and Chich Marin and, uh, is the hyenas, like that movie. James Earl James Earl Jones, I love James Earl Jones. Uh, and then Fantasia, yeah, I, I just I love music. So the fact that it's like an entire movie with like almost no like lines at all, and it's just orchestra. Great. Fantasia almost made my list too. That's funny. Uh, but then, but then for me, the top three Disney were the three that came out right in a row: uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. You know, I don't Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. I could see swapping around. Little Mermaid was definitely the weakest out of them for me. But uh, Beauty and the Beast holds the distinction, along with Gladiator and Dogma, of being the movie that I've seen most in theaters. I saw each one of those four times. Well, huh. Now, here's a question. And, I mean, the age gap here between the three of us is, what, only like four four years? Between, I don't know what, what, Kevin, I don't know how old you are, and Chris, I don't know how old you are. I think I'm right in the middle, though. Kevin, what, um, I was born in 71. Okay, so not a large gap yeah, at all. I was yeah, 80. Right. Like, do, do, yeah. Do you think that if we talk to a different generation, do you think that trilogy, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and Beast, and Aladdin holds up as strong, or is that just a product of us being that age? I think it's a product of us being that age, but also the quality. Because, I mean, if you you look at the ones before that, you were looking at, like, Oliver and Company, The Great Mouse Detective, um, The Black Cauldron. You know, which I really wanted to like because I love the books and I love the premise of you know like a, a fantasy thing with like George C. Scott as the bad guy, but um, they just weren't memorable. And then you get a couple after that that were pretty good and pretty decent. You know, like Hercules, excuse me, Pocahontas, Mulan. Um, but I think if you ask like younger people, especially significantly younger, it wouldn't 
be the same. I mean, because a, uh, you know, I think princess and the frog was the very last animated, traditionally animated Disney movie. And that was in the two thousands. So you probably have, you know, kids today who haven't even seen something that wasn't CGI. That makes uh, sense. My niece has seen, I think like beauty and the beast is um, pretty timeless at the original cartoon. Um, at least in Aladdin, I don't, I don't know, but definitely when Chris read those three off, I was like, well, that is because that's like, that was like our time. Yeah, we were of that age. I think, I mean, didn't if they didn't, if they weren't didn't win, I think they were nominated every year for the uh, at least best music, if not. Best animated as well. Beauty and the Beast say, was nominated for Best Picture, won, so. and they kind of created the animated thing because of that movie because they wanted to include more movies. But and they were only doing like five movies at that time, I think. So they weren't doing like you know eight to ten movies. Yeah. So and Beauty and the Beast was yeah. So it's one of the you know it's probably one of the most prestigious of the Disney films, I think, especially of our our era, anyways. I would also throw in, and as not not as good, and probably not with as good music, but 101 Dalmatians, I think, still holds up pretty damn good. Uh, Let me consider how many times they've remade it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to just throw a few different f- movies that were on my possible list, um, like The Land Before Time. Yeah. Uh, you know, very good. Probably would have made a top ten. Um, like the five, um, an American Tale, yeah. or yeah, um, Scooby Doo on Monster or on Zombie Island is really, really, really surprisingly good. Um, that's kind of right when they started bringing back good Scooby Doo movies, um, the cartoon versions at least. And I don't know. I think that flies under the radar. And Another movie that I, I'm guessing neither of you have ever even seen is called Extraordinary Tales, which is the retelling of, I think, five Edgar Allan Poe um, stories in by four by five different narrators. It's, it's animated. The whole thing's animated, and it's really well done. So those all would have been possibilities if I did a top ten list. So. Yeah, I mean, there was just a, a ton to, that we could have could have added. I mean, like, I would have liked to have thrown on How to Train Your Dragon. I really like that whole series. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, there was a ton of DC movies I could have said, because like, like you guys were saying, DC's knocked it out of the park with a bunch of them. The Killing Joke, uh, Batman the Dark Knight, Long Halloween, you know, so. Some of the Justice League ones are pretty good. Um, and, and especially, like, it's amazing how good a lot of the DC is compared to Marvel doesn't have a lot of animated, and the ones that they do are very hit and miss. Like, I tried watching Planet Hulk uh, before doing this list, and I got halfway through, and I was just like, this isn't that good for me. No, they they didn't do a good job of that one, and Planet Hulk is one of my favorite Hulk storylines, too. So, and then things like Coraline, uh... Rango. I mean, yeah, if we wanted to make a huge list, we could have added a whole bunch of stuff, but... 
Corpse Bride. Yeah. Uh, ni- See, I always Nightmare wait for somebody Christmas. saying that. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, that was that was. I figured someone was going to do that too, but yeah, I, I'm I don't. Not big, I, don't a big I really. Fan. I dislike a Nightmare Before Christmas. I was boring when I was a kid. I rewatched it after you know trying to separate it from like the Walmart goth trend that it is. But uh, and it, it's cool. Like there's some cool stuff about it. Like that it came out that time. But I was I don't know like ten years old, eleven years old. I didn't really want to watch like a musical Tim Burton movie. I would just rather watch like Beetlejuice again. Yeah. Yeah. I- all right, so one movie that I, I I own this movie and I didn't put it on the list because like I like it a lot. It's cool. Um, maybe I thought Kent was going to mention it, but it was the the haunted world of El Superbisto. <laughs> and 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 it's cool. It's weird. Like Tom Papa is like the main character in it, and he's uh like mostly like a like a PG thirteen like clean kind of comic um and he's in this like i don't know i guess it was they were gonna do another sequel to the you know uh house of a thousand corpses movies but that i don't know what happened with that but he ended up doing this instead and i think this was before or was it after halloween i don't remember this is after halloween and halloween too oh it is oh it is after both yeah it was a weird that he came out with a cartoon movie, right um, not to interrupt your flow here, but I tried watching the monsters, and I think I got ten minutes, and I had to tap tap out. I I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and finish it, but it I don't for I think Kevin, you saw it, right? Yeah. Does it? All right. If I didn't laugh and say the first ten minutes, am I gonna find anything funny moving forward, or is it kind of more of the same? Would you say? Um, it really, it really depends. I mean, it's a lot of like hokey one-liners, PG kind of humor. I mean, like the the cartoon movie's definitely darker. Um, but the monsters, it I I like it aesthetically. I think the sets are really cool. You know, he's working on like a tight budget, and it's worth seeing. It's okay, but um, and then I guess maybe that's why I didn't put. El Super Bisto on the list too because more or less it's kind of you know it's it's kind of like novelty but I own it and I'll watch it every couple years fair enough um now if we're done with the animation conversation I, I guess we would move on to what we've recently seen um I kind of want to kick it off with I finally saw Nope, and I was telling Kevin that I saw Nope. I'm guessing, Chris, you still haven't, right? No, I still haven't seen it. All right, so there's really no point in spoiling anything. Oh, I will I, just I've say had this. It for me, so if you want to talk, I'll, about I'll tell it, you ahead. this, Chris. I actually liked it. I I liked a Jordan Peele movie. I shocking, right? Uh, yeah, it's not something I would have expected to hear in 2022. Yeah, no, I, I actually I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I liked um like all the main. Uh, performers, I, I don't know. I had a lot more fun with that than I did, you know, with Get Out and Us. Uh, I think it actually was meant to be a more fun film, though, that, compared to those other two as well, though. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, they have the set. They're, like, keeping the set that they made, like, on the back lot of his Universal Studios. They're keeping um, it? Yeah, they're keeping it. It's going to be, like, a fixture. I mean, I, they'll probably rip it out in a few years if the movie doesn't, like, pick up. But it's it's on some top ten lists. Uh, definitely on my top ten of the year. So, I, But, yeah, it's a really fun sci-fi blockbuster film, but it's, like, different. It definitely is different. I don't know. I feel like Jordan Peele kind of infused a little bit more of his humor in, into this one, um, which made it more fun for me, uh, at least. And I really like Steven Yeun. I, I really do. I, I don't know. I don't have anything negative to say about any of the main four or five characters. And it was just exciting to see uh, Keith David. Always exciting for me. And Michael Wincott, too. Like- yes! You don't see enough of them, so it was it was great. Yeah, it was a really really thrilling film to see in the theater, and I can't wait to uh, rewatch it next year. Yeah, um, I think for me the only other big thing that I can think of that I've been watching a little bit was more of the uh, Cabinet of Curiosities show on Netflix. Um, now I'm three or four episodes in. Uh, everything's been much better than, than that last episode. Um, I saw the first episode and I saw the one that had the, the autopsy and both were very good. I think, I think so. the autopsy, uh, the autopsy was the highlight for me. Best one out of the, the series. Like, I liked the first episode mainly cause I, I like that, uh, the main dude, I can't think of his name, but I, I like him in a lot of things that I've seen him in. All I can think of is Watchmen at the moment, but yeah, that you, and um, the the one with George Clooney and um, what's his face? Oh, brother, we're out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, is his name like Tim or something like that? Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's he's also a director. I. Huh, I, I just find his performances to be pretty captivating, even if the material that he has isn't great. I, I think I just really like him as a performer. He's, he's fun to watch in a bad movie, right? Yeah. He's one of those yeah great character exactly. actors. Yeah. Um, oh, and I tried watching Ninja 3 on Amazon. And uh, if, if you have time, watch the first 13 minutes of Ninja 3 and just stop after that and you'll be fine. But it's a good time. That's really all I've watched that's been new. I've been watching a lot of old wrestling and cartoons. So Interesting. What have you guys been watching? Uh, I mean, Kevin, I'm sure you got like 200 different things that you've watched. Oh, Anything I'll, super compelling, though? Um, I'll, uh, yeah. Wait, when you said cartoons, do you mean like the cartoons that we were watching for this or cartoon, like other cartoons? A little from column A, a little from column B. I. I I still just like watching cartoons sometimes. Well, that's cool. What, what cartoons do you watch? Uh, I recently rewatched uh, some of the uh, Legend of Zelda <laughs> cartoon that was horrible, but I have it on DVD and it's still laughable to watch. Um, Captain Nintendo. I don't know. I guess I've been in like in a video game kind of mood, so that might influence a little bit of what I've been watching. So that's cool. Yeah. But okay, so I'll just so I started my 
film collection over and I'll just like talk about these movies because so how I have my film collection is that it's alphabetical by director and then at the very end I have all of the best picture winners so I finished Nomadland and then I kind of like circle over because the only way that as Kent was talking earlier he has all these movies and he's you know doesn't know if he'll be able to watch all of them so like I watch every single movie in order through my collection, like in between watching streaming services and stuff. So um, it was Star Trek by J.J. Abrams in 2009 was the first one. And then uh, Tales from the Crypt, Bordello of Blood, which I watched last night, was the second one, by directed by Gilbert Adler, who uh, only, I think, directed only that movie. He was more of a producer. And then I watched uh, Gone Baby Gone, directed by Ben Affleck which I think was like 2007 starring Casey Affleck. Um, so that's. Adler did the love the tales from the crypt. Show, yeah, though, he right? did. And he, he did the, he produced okay. the other movie too, but it's like as director, I think that's the only thing he directed. He was more of a producer guy and he did some other things I, that I recognized, but. Right. Yeah. Demon Knight was the better of the, well, technically, there's three Tales from the Crypt movies, not including the 70s, like, Hammer film one. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, Bordello of Blood was fun. It, it wasn't great, but it was fun. Demon Knight, I thought, was excellent. And then there was a third one, and I can't, uh, I've only watched it once. It had something to do with, like, some voodoo shit, if I'm not mistaken. It was okay. Like, it wasn't nearly as bad as the reviews were, but... That's just my opinion, and sometimes I'm desperate for something cheesy. Ritual? Yeah, there you go, Ritual. Didn't even know that existed. It was okay. I love Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I actually, Bordello of Blood was, like, I bought it for, like, three bucks on eBay, so maybe with, like, it was, like, five or six with shipping and handling, but I remember having a lot, I had a lot of fun watching it this time around, and I actually appreciated it more. I feel like when I, you know, with the special effects and that kind of stuff I was kind of like spoiled at the time like because there was so many great things going on and I didn't really appreciate sort of the movies I mean it's not as good as Demon Knight at all but I remember it more fondly than uh than I did as when it came out um it's fun it's not it's not as, as nearly as fun as it as it wants to be but yes it Okay, that that is the exact vibe that you get because the movie really wants to be funny and lighthearted, and it just missed the mark at times. Because uh, Dennis Miller, I mean, anytime you're going to cast Dennis Miller's lead, I mean, I think that's kind of the vibe you're going for, right? Yeah, I read a review, um, oh. and it said. A little bit of Dennis Miller goes a long way, but he's got a lot of screen time in this, and I thought that was kind of fitting, because it's just like one-liner after one-liner after one-liner, um, which I like. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it had Corey Feldman, yes, right? before he and... like, totally drifted off Chris... into obscurity. Like, it's, <laughs> like, it was like that and like Meatballs 4 like, solidified him to film cult status and at least he's got that I guess fair enough <laughs> okay uh, anything else oh go ahead 
Uh, all right. So I'm just trying to remember what, what I've finished since the last time we talked. Um, well, I watched all of Wednesday on Netflix, and I'll say if you're a Tim Burton fan, you'll probably like it. Uh, I just watched Bullet Train. I love Bullet Train. That's pretty decent. Yeah, how Bullet Train is. It's pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. It reminded me of like. Uh, I know this is gonna be like right up your alley, Kat, but it reminded me kind of of like a more actiony, like Lucky Number Eleven, the way like the Ooh. the circumstances all, you know, ended up, okay. you know, tying into each other. Um. I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, which was fucking awesome. If you haven't seen it, heard nothing but good things about. I've heard nothing but good things about all three things that you've mentioned so far. So, um, I'm trying to think of what. It, like, I've been watching Tulsa King on Paramount Plus, and I, I'm really enjoying that. Like, um, it's probably the best. With thing, Stallone, right? Yeah, the best thing I've seen with Stallone in a, in a couple Taylor of years. Sheridan, right? You know, I like. I like. Yeah, Taylor Sheridan wrote it. And he directed a couple of the episodes too so far. So it's it's actually been really strong so far. Um I've been watching Willow and like the verdict is out on that. Hopefully it ends up being good, but right now it's just in the okay column. It's not anywhere near as bad as people are saying, it's not anywhere near as other good people are saying, it's just somewhere in the middle. Um I watched the Santa Clauses with my wife and my son and that was kind of cute. It wasn't bad for being only a, a six episode series, you know, with like clocking in at around half an hour each episode. That was oh, it's a series. Yeah, I thought it was a movie. No, they they did a series and it, it just got renewed for season two. So that'll be out probably in a hopefully next year. You know, if they're going to time it for Christmas. Um, yeah, one of the best things I've seen recently was the um, the Christmas Story sequel. Uh, a, 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 shit, I forgot what the hell it's called. Christmas Story Story, the, isn't it? Like yeah. Story, story. Yeah, yeah, something like that. With the uh, the, the guy from, you know, Christmas Ralphie. Story, grown up. And it yeah. actually, yeah, uh, Peter Billingsley. Yeah, and they actually brought back, like, his friends too, like Flick and um, and Schwartz and Scott, Far- Scott Fargus. You know what I mean? So... Uh, it was one of those ones, kind of like um, Top Gun Maverick, where they they used nostalgia, but they didn't overuse it. It wasn't a bunch of they made it work that good. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't as good as Top Gun Maverick, but it was probably one of the best new Christmas movies I've seen. And I don't know, the last couple of years. Uh, I think other than that, it's that's relatively been it. I mean, our last one was just a couple of weeks ago, so I did. I do. I do want to add. Um, I haven't had so Wednesday. Yeah. I actually watched Adam's Family yesterday with my ten-year-old uh, niece, and because I think she, you know, knows all the like internet clatter about the show Wednesday, but I let her choose, and we were going to do the animated. Mm-hmm. Adam's Family, which I haven't seen, but that wasn't on anything, so I I did watch the original 1990 Adam's Family, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, yeah. and that was a lot of fun. That when you get to watch it like fresh with like a ten year old who's never seen or didn't even know who Wednesday Adam 
was. So it was that was fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this: like Jenna Ortega killed it as Wednesday, um, and uh, Catherine Zeta Jones was really good too. Uh, Louise Guzman did something different than Raul Julia because I mean, just trying to go up against Raul Julia in one of his last roles, you know, it wasn't wasn't going to happen. I did not like him as much, but I didn't think he did a bad job. It was just, you know, like I said, something different, his own take. But uh, Fred Armisen as Fester, I didn't like. I think he's probably the weakest part. Thank God he's only in one episode. Why was he cast as Fester? I don't know. Uh, he's he's hip with the kids. That don't even make sense to me. <laughs> you should have just cast me. That would have worked. <laughs> just have to shave a little bit. I, I have to interject and just say, I still have on IMDb, I have the Munsters up on my screen, and like it's playing all the videos. And while Chris was talking, at one point, all of a sudden it says, from director Kevin Sorbo. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I, I never would have, I don't know. I didn't even know Kevin Sorbo directed much of anything, but it's, sure enough, that it's all uh, yeah, all straight up like um, Christian movies. I have no idea what it was. It was just I I, I saw that and I was just stunned. And yeah, um, <clears throat> all right. Are you you guys got everything you got? Yeah, I don't done? I don't think I got anything else to add. Uh, can't you want to go into what we're going to be doing next month? I do, and then I got a little game. So, next month is something I've been waiting for, what, about a year and a half now, I would say? All your life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay, my whole life. Uh, We are going to do a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, franchise discussion, and I'm sure it's going to be, you know, longer than our traditional podcast, but uh, it'll be Long and loving. I'm excited. So yes, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, shit, what the hell? Yeah, franchise retrospective. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try to. I don't know if Never Sleep Again is available streaming anywhere. If not, I'm just gonna buy it because. That's going to be full of good information that we need. Um, but either way, I'm super excited. Plus, I still got like the box set that has like some cool notes inside of it. Um, I don't know. I throughout throughout my life, I've been collecting certain Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. So th- this is like the perfect podcast for me. So I'm very enthusiastic about it, and. It shows Never Sleep Again is not on streaming. So I'll probably just buy it. So, All right. With that being said, I, th- don't, I don't remember. Kevin, did we play a round of Slash cards? I think last, so. Yeah. When you were on? Yeah. Last time. We did? Okay. Well, I got two cards picked. Um, who wants go to go first? You don't mind, Chris? Yeah, no, go ahead. 
All right. <clears throat> now, on this card, there is one question that I am so ashamed that I could not... Oh, had I read a little further, I would have gotten it. Okay. First question. <clears throat> List three named dogs oh, three in horror named films. dogs in horror films. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get them all. Well, there's Cujo. There is... Oh. I feel like... Is it Wolfie from Lost Boys? Nanook. Yeah. Nope, it's Nanook. And uh, is there a Wolfie from something? I don't know. Sounds familiar. Yeah. I don't I don't know. There that, could I'm so be. bad at like pulling out the do you... no, just not being on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have a a one, Chris? Any other names? Max from Man's Best Friend. Yeah, I was yeah. also trying to think of the one from Pet Cemetery Two because I believe it was a dog. Yeah, um, but that could be. Uh, the other example they gave was Beast oh, yeah. from The Hills Have Eyes, but I would not have remembered that one. All right, so all right, I admit that I know this is the most shameful thing I'm going to say. I didn't quite get this because I didn't see the date. I think my thumb was over it. All I saw was a tricycle, a typewriter, and an axe. And I'm like, I know this. The How do I not know this? But I couldn't typewriter figure it out. And an axe. Well, is it The Shining? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like one well, of my ten favorite films. I I, would, just, I was kind of thinking Misery yeah. for some reason. We don't reason, talk about like, it anymore. Yeah, and the axe, even though it's like a sledgehammer, right? Because the typewriter, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but then I saw 1980. I was like, oh, yeah. Oops. Really moment of stupidity on my part. <clears throat> All right. Uh, now, this is this this question here is why I thought this was appropriate for this podcast. Horror can show up in unexpected places, like the Horned King from this 1985 Disney uh, cartoon. So 1985 Disney cartoon? Yes. The Horned King. I'm I'm blanking. I'm thinking of Legend, but that's not Disney. Oh. No, okay, I, go actually, ahead. I know this one. Yeah, this would have been a perfect card for me. <laughs> uh, it's the, the Black Cauldron, and it was actually George C. Scott who played him. Yep. He only, he only had like. It'd be pretty six good lines talking about it now, right? <laughs> Wait. No. Yeah. Yeah. Way to way to fucking waste a fucking legend. Yeah. Alright. I thought this was gonna be a stupid trick question, but it's not. Alright. What is the name of the masked killer in is? Halloween? Yeah. The shit. Is it Mike Myers? Michael, yeah, that's what Michael I thought Myers? they were gonna go with. Yeah. No. Well, I, I swear, though, I have another card in there that asks well, pretty much the same question, and it's the shape is the answer. So yeah, I was like, if it was if it was any other, I think Halloween it was credited. I think because that's the what it, it in the Michael credits, Myers. it's the shape. Right? Yeah, but so he yeah exactly because they yeah. didn't decide that it was actually Mike Myers until Halloween two. Right. Okay, and finally, atomic weapons. Testing results 
in giant radioactive ants that threaten to destroy humanity in this 1954 film. Is it them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is them. So, all right. Now, Chris, you'll understand why this card is here by question number two. But the first one, pretty easy. Name two horror movies starring Vincent Price. Uh, you got Pit and Pendulum, uh, and, uh, shit, what was the, the the Wax Museum? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, House on Haunted Hill. Yep. Also, I mean, he, he did what? Like, I mean, countless, but, all right. (laughs) All right, here it is. Salo, or The 120 Days of Sodom, is one of the most disturbing films ever made. But what sadist wrote the book that inspired the film? Um, I think I have no idea. That would, that would, oh, I thought you... No, that would be a Kevin question. I, mean, I literally, literally heard you guys talking about this earlier. Kevin, do you know? No. The Marquis, Marquis de Sade. Uh, I should have just thought of Waxworks. You know, who's a famous sa- yep. who's a famous sadist? <laughs> All right, in Pet Cemetery, nineteen eighty nine original version, what Native American tribe created the burial ground that can resurrect the dead? Uh, I don't even know if it's a real tribe. I don't remember. I, I I'm yeah I think honest I think they made it up is the Micmac or maybe I is believe it is because I watched Pest Cemetery since I was eight years old oh, okay well that it, movie it is, like I terrified me <laughs> <laughs> all right um all right Chris I think I feel confident that you got this what actor played Quint the fisherman in Jaws oh shit that the main character. No, that was the the guy who gets eaten right at the end. Um, the hard ass, yeah. if you will. Uh, I don't remember his name. It was Shaw? Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Robert. Robert Shaw. Yeah. I mean, it's Roy Scheider and Richard Dreyfuss are easy because I remember seeing them in a bunch of other shit when I was growing up, but. Yeah, I think Robert Shaw did, like, some westerns, if I'm not mistaken, or war movies, or maybe both. But, yeah, I don't remember seeing him in much else afterwards. All right, and final question. Eh, I'm confident between the two of you got it. A mad scientist kidnaps three tourists and sews them together to conduct a ghastly experiment in this 2009 film. The Human Centipede? That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I just thought it was kind of funny yeah. that I had a question about an animated film and then one about Salo, back-to-back cards. Yeah. So. Interesting. All right. Hey, we, I, feel like yeah. we, I feel like we only missed, like, one between the two. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. So. All right. Well, Internet, thank you for putting up with us as long as you have. Uh, Kent, Kevin, it was a pleasure. Uh, and again, I love doing these ones where we got a little a little break from the 
blood and guts and horror. You know, and get to talk about, you know, fun stuff sometimes. Oh, or happy stuff, I should say. Well, I guess a lot of our animated movies weren't happy, so. Yeah, yeah. you guys really went darker than I thought you would. (laughs) (laughs) I I really kind of kept it pretty tame, and Kevin's fucking got, uh, what the fuck was that Bad God, yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, Shit, the the Mad God. I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I will say this that like seeing those those trailers for it made me really want to see that movie. A- absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I was happy to do that, and you know, it, it's cool to do take a break from the horror sometimes, and you know, maybe next year, like around June or something, we can take a break and do something like fun summer movies or some dumb shit. I don't know, but yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to anybody listening. Yep. Take care, of people. Get this up before then, <laughs> and uh, next time we'll be doing this, we'll be talking to you from 2023. So happy holidays and take care. See. You.